Welcome to episode 6 of the Battle Academy podcast. My name is Monica. You may know me in-game as Anthissa or on social as Anthissa21. Today I'm going to be discussing team building. Basically we're going to start with a mini refresher course about the four different things that I've talked about earlier on that you'll need to keep in mind when picking out Pokemon to build up for Go Battle League or Silph Arena. Then I'm going to talk about some budget options of Pokemon that you can build up and get you into Go Battle League right now. I'm also going to include some that are a little more heavy in terms of Stardust and Candy usage, but you're going to want to keep a list of those because they are worthwhile to build up. Now, I do need to note that the majority of the Pokemon I'm going to be talking about are geared towards Great League. However, you can apply some of them to Ultra League as well. There are a couple that won't build up past the 1500 cap, but there are some that will. And even if you don't find Pokemon for Great League that you want to use for Ultra League as well, you can use the same thought process and tactics to pick Pokemon for Ultra League. The same tactics can generally work for Master League as well, although Master League demands closer to 100% on your IVs as opposed to Great and Ultra League. There is one minor exception, for Great League, and I will talk about that when I get to it. So, let's get started, shall we? The things you need to consider when building up a Pokemon for Go Battle League or Silph Arena are all things that I've talked about in previous episodes. If you want to know more in-depth on those, you can always go back and re-listen to those shows. They are typing, movesets, your stats, and your IVs. Now, typing and movesets matter more than your stats and IVs. That's... First and foremost, I fully believe that Pokemon Go Hub has said that, and I believe Silph Arena says that as well. Um, and my information is coming from Silph Arena today, so I will post that in the description of the podcast. Now, typing, that's getting back into your type effectiveness chart. I had a whole episode on that and the link to the type effectiveness chart provided by Silph Arena. Basically, when looking at typing, you need to consider what your team's weakness is and trying to figure out how to cover it. You don't want to go in with a team that has strength against everything, but one weakness, say fire or grass, if you're building like a uh, water or grass team, only to get into your match and find out your opponent has a team that is built to specifically take advantage of whatever your weakness might be. Now for Sylph Arena, you can kind of work within the meta of the cup to build a well-rounded team that will be able to tackle any of the Pokemon that are allowed. For Go Battle League, it's a little bit harder, but easier at the same time. It's kind of weird. Building up a variety of Pokemon, any of the ones I'll give you on this list later, will help you build a team that is going to be able to cover and take advantage of other teams and their weaknesses while protecting yourself from your own weaknesses. And you'll have options to throw around in order to mess with the matchmaking so that way you're not constantly being put against somebody who's going to beat you. Trust me, matchmaking is not my friend in Go Battle League. <laughs> it drives me up a wall. So typing and that type effectiveness chart is going to be key. You definitely want to have a copy of that and, uh, I did hear down the pipeline, I follow Pokeminers on Twitter, 
And they said that there is a possibility the type effectiveness chart may be making an appearance in Pokemon Go. I don't know, though. Any of the stuff found in data mining, one, it's against the terms of service, and two, it is subject to change and is not set in stone. So keep those items in mind as well. Next thing you need to consider are your move sets. You need to make sure that your Pokemon have balanced move sets that are going to do what you want them to do. When building your team, you're going to want to consider a variety of move sets on your Pokemon. What I mean by this is you might want to have one Pokemon with a really hard hitting charge move that may take a while to build up and another Pokemon with a heavy hitting fast move and a kind of weakest charge move that builds rapidly. One of my favorite kind of duos to build up like that is Wishcash and Skarmory. Wishcash has Mud Bomb that builds up really, really fast, and you can get multiple ones off. It won't do very much damage, but you can easily wear through your opponent's shields if they're willing to shield. Pair that with Blizzard, and you can wreck some havoc. Skarmory working side-by-side side with Wishcash makes it a little more interesting because they do have that high build sky attack move. Takes a while to build up, but it does a good amount of damage when you fire it off. So you want to think in those kinds of terms as well. There's also Venusaur that you could build up that way. You may have to elite TM to get the community day move on it. You can also look at Alolan Ninetales. It's a little weak. I like it a lot. If you've got Charm on it, it's going to do a lot of damage to some other Pokemon. But keep in mind, Ice Beam and Blizzard are going to build up slowly. So you may not get to use those before your Ninetales goes down. That's just a small idea of how movesets can work together on different Pokemon to create an interesting and well-balanced team. Finally, you need to take into consideration your stats and IVs. Now, they're not very interchangeable, and they pretty much aren't, but I like to keep them lumped together because they are very similar. If you want to look at the stats for a Pokemon, you're not really going to see them on the Pokemon Go game itself, so you'll need a third-party app such as Pokegenie. Now, keep in mind, using something like Pokegenie can get you in trouble if you're caught with it because it is a breach of terms of service, and it can get you banned for a 30-day period for your first offense. So be careful when using an IV and stat checker. The other thing you can look at is your IVs, and those will show up on the game itself. Now, attack is given a double weighting, so to speak, in the calculations for CPs. So you're going to want to look for a bulky Pokemon that has higher defense and higher HP, and a lower to moderate attack. The reason for the attack is because of something called charge move priority. Basically, if you and your opponent hit charge move at the same time, the game is going to give priority to whoever has the higher attack stat. So having a variety or widespread of IVs could actually be of a benefit to you. Say you have a Pokemon that's just shy of 100%, if the attack is what's low on it, you might want to go with that Pokemon. And again, if you want in-depth on any of these items that I've just discussed, you can go back and watch any of the shows that I've previously posted or listen to them on Spotify, iTunes, 
Google Podcasts, whatever, and that will get you a broader look at those items and why they're so important and some of the other things you need to consider when those are involved. Now, I'm going to talk about what Pokemon you're going to want to build up and keep in reserve for Silpharina and Gold Battle League. You can do this based on the CP of 1500, which is where all these Pokemon are going to fit in the Great League requirements. You can also kind of apply this to Ultra League as well. Master is going to get a bit different, but most of Silpharina and most people who play Go Battle League, they sit nicely in Great League. So these are definitely Pokemon you're going to want to have in reserve should you ever get started in Sylph or when you finally get started in Go Battle League. The first one, and again, all of this information is coming from Sylph Arena, the first set of Pokemon you want to consider are going to be the starters. Starters build quickly and you can get them to evolve pretty quickly too. Plus they're always pretty common and they're pretty much guaranteed to get a community day. Community day means you are going to get that exclusive move. Now, you may not be able to get to them for their community day moves right now, but December is always kind of a look back on all the previous community day Pokemon, and you can use that to your advantage to try and TM for the community day moves then, or try to get them in raids when they pop up. I do remember correctly, the Kanto starters were in raids last December. So who knows what's going to happen this December. You also have the opportunity to use elite TMs to get those community day moves as well. So that's also an option to consider. If you want the free elite TM from Go Battle League, you do have to at least hit rank 7 though. Otherwise, you're going to have to spend some coin on a community day box where the elite TMs have been showing up as of late. I have a couple of them. I have no idea what to do with them right now. I do know I am going to save one for a last resort Umbreon that I'm going to build up. So you can also plan for those kind of things as well. Basically, any Pokemon that's had a community day probably has an exclusive move, move pardon me, and you can tap into that. For the most part, there are some Pokemon that are just kind of eh, meh where Community Day is concerned. But for setting up a reserve of Pokemon for PvP, starters are a great place to start. Yes, I did that on purpose and I know that I did it. You can shame me later. The next set of Pokemon you definitely want to consider building up for PvP I call them budget babes. This means baby Pokemon. Yep, you are going to want to get hatching to get babies. 2k eggs is where they usually show up and they are cheap. You can go ahead and add a second move to them right away for 10,000 Stardust and it is cheaper to do this before evolving them because some of them, once they evolve, the cost on Stardust for a new move skyrockets. Some can be as high as 20,000, some can be even higher. I think, um, I think one of them gets up to 75,000 after Evolve. I'm not entirely sure, but it is cheaper to go the baby route and grow them up. The babies you're going to want to look for, Ryalu, who evolves into Lucario, Cleffa, who evolves into Cleffery, 
Azurel, who evolves into Azumarill eventually, Tyrogue, Togepi, and Mantike. And if you happen to be strapped for candy with those Pokemon, the babies walk pretty decently, going between 2 and 5k for their candies. I'm not entirely sure. Some of them may hit 1. I could be wrong. But you will never have to worry about really long candy distances on them, the 10Ks and higher. So baby Pokemon are definitely worthwhile. And switching over to getting your eggs from stops as opposed to getting them from friends will definitely be worthwhile if you want to invest in a baby. The next group of discount Pokemon do pretty good damage and they're easy to find. This doesn't really have a group name, but it is an interesting list. They're pretty cheap on building up, especially for second moves. They all stay in the 10,000 Stardust range. So this list is Altaria. Swabaloo has been everywhere. If you did Dragon Week last week and you picked up Swabaloo or hatched a whole bunch of Swabaloo, that's actually a really good place to start, so you're going to want to look through those before you just chuck them. Wishcash. Wishcash is a budget buster. He is great. I love him. He's constantly on my team when I go into Great Battle League on uh, Go Battle League. Definitely worth investing Stardust and Candy in him. Wigglytuff. Alolan Golem. A little harder to get the Alolan Golem because you have to hatch the Alolan Ju- Geodude. I'm stumbling on my words tonight. Please forgive me. There's also Beedrill, which just had a community day. So if you have some, if you have some Beedrill built up with Drill Run, that's actually a really good idea to set those up for Great League. Then of course there's Noctowl, Hoot Hoot, kind of plentiful everywhere. Alolan Raticate, the Rattata are everywhere. They are an infestation so to speak, but the difference between regular Raticate and Alolan Raticate, it has got the dark typing on it. That dark typing does some pretty good damage when you get into different cups. So having a good Alolan Raticate is definitely worthwhile. Alolan Raichu, which is in raids only, so you have to bust a little bit to get it. And depending what level you're at, you might want to take some buddies with you into the raids just to make sure you're going to get the win on that. I tried to solo Alolan Raichu a couple of times back when I was in the high-end 20s, about 27, 28, and I could not solo it to save my life. So definitely consider taking at least one or two people with you. Then, of course, Golbat. Zubat is kind of everywhere. If you can't get your hands on a Zubat, Go battle rocket grunts until you get some shadow ones. You will eventually get to a good Golbat that way. Definitely worth building up a little bit. I've not used it, but I have seen others use it. And it's not exactly a pushover, so it's definitely worth looking at. Okay, I am going to take a little break after talking about all these awesome discount Pokemon. And in just a moment, I'll be back to tell you about the ones you should probably be saving up your dust and candies for. I'll be back in just a moment.
let's get back in it, shall we? A little bit of housekeeping stuff. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about the podcast, anything you want to see me feature in upcoming episodes, or you just want to say hi, by all means, you can hit me up on any of my social media accounts, Twitter, Anthisa21, Instagram, Anthisa.21, or on my email, which is anerdblog at gmail.com. It's all one word, no caps. Or you can also DM me on any of those as well. I am open to all kinds of conversation, including constructive criticism as well. I am also still in the process of putting up a merch store on Teespring. I will give more information about that in the next episode. Hopefully I'll have it set up by then. I know I said I was supposed to have it up this week, but things kind of happened. I am also in the process of considering whether or not to start a Patreon. Uh, If you think it's a good idea, let me know and uh, can kind of go from there. Again, please feel free to contact me and you can listen to this podcast on any podcast service, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and I always try to get posted on YouTube as well. It's been a little spotty because my hosts changed the way they do the setup and everything, but I will try to get it posted as soon as I can. Thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. If you've stuck around through all this, you've listened to the five previous episodes, it means a whole lot to me. It really, really does. All right, let's get this back on track. And we are going to talk about Pokemon you need to save up for for Go Battle League and Sylph Arena. These are Pokemon that the second charge move is costly. You're looking at 75000 or higher. And you might also end up having to dump some candies into it as well. They're not as easily found. And they're definitely worthwhile keeping in your reserves You may not get to use them right away, but they are worthwhile. And if you can, try to build up some of these for Ultra and Master League as well, because they are good, sturdy, core Pokemon to have for those kind of teams. The first list is kind of a basic list, and then we'll get into some of the legendaries. All right, your basics are going to be Skarmory. I know he, for a fact, has that 75,000 dust for his second charge move. So it is definitely worth the wait time it's going to take to build him up. He's pretty sturdy, and as long as you keep him away from electric and fire, he can pretty much take out just about anything else. So definitely worth getting you a good Skarm. Metacham. Metacham is one of the Pokemon that's actually limited only to Great League because they top out around the 1500 mark. They hit level 40. So you definitely want to get every Metatite you can find if you see them. It takes a little while to find one that's got good IVs, but it is a good fighting Pokemon to have in your backup. The Dust is a little expensive for getting a second move, and building it up to max is also a little more expensive dust-wise. The next one on the list is Azumarill. I know we talked about it earlier with the Azurill, but... The baby discount is pretty good if you want to build one from scratch, if you can get it to hatch. But the article I was reading said it may be better to find a good Merrill during a weather boost and get it built up from there. 
going that route, you're going to spend a little more on Dust and Candy to get that second move. But you definitely want a Zoomeril. They are common all throughout Go Battle League because it is a good, strong Pokemon that hits pretty hard. And it has a really, really good move set of whatever you can use. Its main charge moves, the, the only ones they have, are Ice Beam, Play Rough, and Hydro Pump. And you never know which combination of those three you're going to face in Go Battle League. So not only do you need a good Azumarill, you also need a good Azumarill counter. Uh, there is a list on pvpoke.com. The key losses being Hypno, Obama Snow, Driftblim, Dugong, Shiftry. But uh, yeah, it sits at number one in the GBL rankings for a reason. It is a monster. When all the moveset is good and you never know what you're going to have to counter, it's definitely worth having one of those on your team. Next on the list is Fortress. If you can find a Pinaco, good luck there. But it is a great counter for the Galarian Stunfisk and Deoxys defense. So if you can get one built up, it is worthwhile. Keep it in your reserves. It may take you a while to get there, but it's good to have. Bastiodon, also causing havoc right now. Shieldon is kind of rare, so again, good luck finding it. And it takes a while to build up, candy-wise and dust-wise, on that second move. But if you can get it and put it in there, it's worthwhile to invest. Wormadam with Trash Cloak, again, another hard-to-find Pokemon. And it's a little iffy on the IVs sometimes, but... It is kind of good to keep in your reserves and get it built up. It may be for certain specific Sylph Arena Cups. It may not be very good for Go Battle League, but it's worthwhile to have it. Steelix. A good Steel type goes miles and miles and miles. You're going to pay out on that second move to buy it, but a good Steelix with Bite, you're going to do some heavy damage. Sableye. We just had the Sableye Spotlight Hour. So during that time, I hope you stocked up and got as many as you could. There was, I believe it was double transfer candy. Toss out any of those ones that you had that you didn't like during that time. And you can easily get enough dust and candy to build you a good Sableye. Sableye, pardon me. <laughs> Last on this list is Gallade. Again, you're going to invest heavily on candy and stardust. If you have a Ralts, you're going to need to walk it for a while. Gallade is pretty good Pokemon, but I tend to lean a little heavier on my Gardevoir. However, she is a little bit weaker. She does do some heavy damage, but she goes out really quick. A uh, term that you will find is called Glass Cannon, so to speak. But get a good Gallade built and keep it in your reserves, and it should be worthwhile for Go Battle League. Now, the legendaries you're going to want to build up. Legendaries, these you're going to have to walk them because getting the amount of candy you need, either that or you're going to be heavily dumping rare candy into it. And these are Mew, Deoxys Defense, and Cresselia. Now, we did just have Deoxys in raids this whole last week. Switching over to um, Genesect this next week. However, it was normal form Deoxys and not defense form Deoxys, which is suggested for Go Battle League and Sylph Arena. 
I have encountered defense form Deoxys several times. And yeah, it's worthwhile to keep one built up. But if you have a good wish cache, you can do some pretty good damage against it as well. So keep that in mind. It is a good Pokemon to have and have built up. But make sure you can counter it as well because you'll run into it more often than not. And of course, Cresselia. If you were lucky enough to get those uh, throwback challenges completed earlier this year, then you would have been awarded with a good Cresselia. Now, it may not have been a perfect Cresselia for PvP, but it is worthwhile and you definitely need to take some time to try and invest in it. Again, any legendaries, you're probably going to be pumping rare candies into them to meet whatever needs you you have. Uh, second move, empowering up. There are a few other legendaries that I think are kind of worthwhile to consider. Um, however, they may top out at over 1500, so you can't really get them for Great League. But they are worthwhile to consider for Master League and Ultra League. Again, any of what I've talked about in this episode can also be applied to Ultra League and Master League as well. If you're wanting to save dust, look for Mons with 10k for Stardust on their second move. You also kind of want to look for lower budget on powering up as well. Now, it's still going to take you a lot more dust and candy to pump into a Pokemon for Ultra League to get close to that 25k. And you're going to be doing a whole bunch of work to perfect a Master League Pokemon. I only have a handful that are plus 3,000 on CP. But it is worthwhile to kind of save up those candy, build them up, so that way you're prepared when you go in. With a selection of the Pokemon I've gone over in this list, getting them built up based on the strategies of looking at those four topics we discussed earlier moves, type, effectiveness, stats, and IVs, you're going to be ready for Go Battle League, and you may have a good core built up if you decide to go into Sylph Remote Battles, which is always worthwhile to consider because it's definitely a different feel. It feels more controlled in a way. You have more of a hand in what your outcome is going to be, and you have a more narrow pool of Pokemon, so you don't have to go through all the fuss of trying out different Pokemon to see what would be good in something that's open like Go Battle League. And that, I believe, is going to be an episode. Wow, I'm, I'm feeling these getting longer and longer every time I do one. I really feel I'm getting to where I want to be with all this. If you've made it this far through the episode... Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. Um, there's a lot of cool, good things in the works that I haven't talked about going on right now. And uh, when I get the finalization on all that stuff, it's going to be really, really cool. Hopefully, if it goes the way I want it to. Um, and I will, of course, bring that information as soon as I find out about it. I'm really, really excited. I do intend to eventually get back on Twitch and get streaming again. I do want to do my Go Battle League sets on Twitch. I think that would be a lot of fun. Do Sylph breakdowns and all kinds of stuff. Give you a behind the scenes of what goes on in writing and creating an episode of the show. I think that would be really cool for you guys to see. And uh, again, I appreciate you guys so much. It really means a lot to me that um, 
a lot of the good things that have been happening recently with the show and everything that have been happening, it's making my day and every week. Like, this is crazy. I didn't think that uh, things would be happening as fast as they are. And I'm really, really excited for where all of this is going to go. And I hope you guys are too. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me for the show. If you're interested in Catan World Explorers, Niantech's new game that is currently in beta in New Zealand, I am going to be launching an episode three for that show, Catan Public Radio, that I'm doing as well. And you can kind of check that out as well. Again, thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you guys next week. Have a good one.